Hello and welcome to episode 54 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to inspire you to build your business your way. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I'm joined once again by the delightful Becky Lord. Thank you for joining me again, Becky. Thank you for having me. So Becky is a branding and web design expert and mentor for designers at her business, Becky Lord Design. And in the last episode, we geeked out for a reasonable amount of time around branding. So if you missed that episode, there's lots of good stuff in there about branding your business, how to go about getting it done, how to find the right designer for you. So be sure to go and give that one a listen if you missed it. But today, Becky, I'm so excited to have a chat about your business with you today as a long-term Instagram fan of yours. So I would love to start off with what was it that inspired you to become a business owner? Honestly, I don't like being told what to do. I really struggled. (laughs) I really struggled with having management above me. And I just always knew the end goal of whatever I chose to do. I needed to just dance to the beat of my own drum. Um, So there was never really an alternative. I just knew whether it was in six months, 10 years time, I wanted to own my business. Amazing. How how early did that set in, that realisation that it wanted to be your own business? Your own Probably boss? when I was about eight. Wow. <laughs> I, think, I honestly don't know. I think it was probably as I started to work and just got that feeling like I'm not suited for the career ladder growing role. Um, and particularly as well, because I wanted to follow a creative career, I just felt I would flourish better owning my own business working with the type of people that I love and admire um yeah and just just carving out my own path really I find it really curious and I'd love to hear your insights in this as well that especially for creative careers because I can only really talk from my experience on that when you're in the corporate world as a creative you start off highly skilled and then move into management and do less and less of the creative yeah But as a business owner, you almost start off doing more of a mix of the creative and non-creative. But as your business grows and develops, the hopes is that you get to do more creative. It's like literally the reverse. It is. Yeah. And I I think probably that was one of the the ultimate goals was that I would just be doing what I love doing all day, every day. And that's designing. When in reality, running a business, the actual designing is probably the smallest part. So you know, you do have to get to a point of your business where you are doing less of the day-to-day and more designing. And you can only really, like you say, do that by starting your own business, because then you're in control of what you're doing every day, um, who you're working with, what type of work you're taking on as well. But yeah, it is, it's the complete opposite, isn't it? I've never really thought about it like that. Yeah, it's really funny. I think it's just because I see the parallels where my partner's in a creative career and seeing him move up through management and then seeing where I perceive my business to be going it just feels like it's just so different (laughs) yeah so different and so you have had your business up running and established since is it 2008 yes yes it started I when when I, I fell in love with design and I think most designers fall in love with design for a certain element and mine was color and typography I was obsessed and I also remember my graphic design teacher telling me about his 
graphic design friend um, who had lever arches of individual colors and he like pulled out magazines. So basically the early noughties equivalent of a Pinterest board. And I was like, oh my God, I want that. Cause I love organization as well. I was like, that is goals. I want to be a designer. And then I suppose after I did that, I went to art school. I did not follow a creative path. And it was only really when I moved up to Sheffield that I, I thought, right, I'm, I, knew, I want to do this. Um, so yeah, I started 2008 on the most kind of, fairest bones possible um designing for friends and family and just building it up from there and yeah it's crazy just to again like going back to that point in the previous episode where I said I'm terrible at celebrating my successes crazy to think how far I've come now to this point but yeah 2008 it feels like two years ago but it's so long ago a little while ago (laughs) (laughs) but I think you know that's just incredible because you're still managing to do managing. You're still doing something that you absolutely love. Yeah. I mean, I would love to talk about how your business has kind of progressed from where you first started, because a lot of the listeners I know tend to be in the early stages of forming their business, whether it's they've just got the idea or whether they're just getting started now. And it can feel like, like we were saying before, it can feel like it's such a high pressure environment to get stuff done now get it done quick when actually it is a long-term plan and you know I've only been in business for about four years but the same it feels like it was yesterday and I still it takes time to reflect on how different that you and your business is so how when you first started out you said that you didn't follow the typical creative career so did you start out just with designing did you focus on branding how did you kind of develop to where the services that you offer now? I would say it was really kind of the point before I started my business that wasn't creative. I worked in mental health. Um, Then I, when I moved to Sheffield, I started the business. So I was working full time, which I think 99.9% of small business owners, they start doing it on the side, weekends, evenings. Um, So I was in a full-time role then. And I, I started straight away with branding and graphic design because that's, where my passion was and still is obviously um and that evolved and I evolved really slowly and that was intentional because I kind of I mean social media wasn't such a thing then it makes me sound really old doesn't it um but where now where you see people saying oh I made six figures in a month or I did this or I made 50 grand overnight and that wasn't really a thing then however there were still there was still Facebook where that you kind of got that vibe from some people. And I thought, I don't want that. I'm doing this because I really love what I'm doing. And also I was in my early twenties. I didn't really know necessarily what I wanted from my life yet. So I started with branding and graphic design. And then that has always for small businesses as well. It was never for big brands. And that's just then evolved And I would say the only thing that's changed is that I learned web development and website design as purely from a geeky perspective. I just love that. I just really loved it. And then I built that into the business as well. So weirdly, despite the fact that it's over a decade old now, my core services haven't really changed, nor has my ideal client. My business has just evolved as technology has, as the rise in small business owners has as well. Um, to a point where now I'm actually still working with the same type of people. In fact, I've still got one of my clients from right from the beginning, but I did it slowly and intentionally slowly as well, um, just so that it fit around 
fit around my own life. I love that. I'm also curious because often we talk about how our businesses have developed and how we as individuals have developed, but it's not very often I get to talk to another creative. (laughs) Would you say that your, your aesthetic style has developed over time or is that still very true to the core of who you are? It's just that now you have more ways of articulating it visually. I think it's actually how I evolve as a woman that my design style evolves as well. Um, And I know obviously, particularly for small businesses, rebranding and changing a brand is a lot of a shorter time frame than a corporate brand. But my design style is very much who I am as well, which then naturally goes into what my clients are looking for. And My ideal client is ultimately women that are very similar to me. They have very similar outlooks on life. They might not decorate their home in the same way that I do, but their overall personality, you know, the things that are important to them, what they're looking to achieve, what they wanted to achieve for the brand is very similar to mine. And obviously, as I've grown as a woman, they have grown as well. So we're always kind of along nice parallel parallel path. So it's worked out accidentally really well, but it was never, never intentional either, I suppose. It's it's wonderful that it's such a natural evolution, though, because I think that that's the epitome of what a lot of us hope with our businesses is as we grow, the business grows with us as well, because it is so intertwined to what we do and our lives and our lifestyle. And it always goes back to that whole, you know, we often create our businesses to facilitate a lifestyle that we want rather than to fill a work need that we have. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I think for creatives as well, our even, even not designers, like painters, illustrators, our creative style is an expression of who we are normally. Um, and you can't force that. You can't force to be, like, for example, I can't force myself to be a gothic illustrator because that's not who I am. Um, likewise, you wouldn't get someone who is that doing dainty florals for a brand. It's just the same thing. So I think as well with creatives, you can't really force who you are as a creative either. And to follow that path of your style as it evolves, it's quite easy. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good way of looking at it that I haven't thought of before. <laughs> it's just like an extension of you, isn't it? Because I've had clients in the past where they're like, can you do this kind of style? And when I was a less confident business owner, it would have been like, well, I can give it a try. Whereas now it's like, no, let me point you in the direction. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I, you know, I did the same you do because the excitement of taking on that client and working, you think, oh, I can do this. And then you start doing it and you're actually like, I really don't enjoy this. Why have I done it? But you don't know that until you've tried it. And then you get to the point of being confident of saying, no, I'm not the right designer for you, but here are designers that are. And that that takes time and you have to learn from your mistakes as well. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to how you made that choice, because again, a lot of the listeners are in the early stages of their business. So when you were working full time and you were running your business on the side, what was the deciding factor of you deciding to leave that job? And kind of what did that process look like for you? So it was a bit of a drama, Tammy. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Let me grab my tea. So I, I, I think with everyone, we all have a grand plan of when we're going to leave our employed role to follow our self-employment dreams. Um, and mine was to say, so basically my, I worked with my partner at the time, who's now my husband, and he, he was also going self-employed. 
So we were kind of in a position where we both want to go self-employed, but realistically, one of us has to do it first. Then we've got that, you know, backup fund from my or his salary. And then the other can follow when they're in a more comfortable position. So because my husband's time frame on him going self-employed was more restricted than mine, I would say, he had to do it by a certain time. And the plan was that he would leave in the spring and I would follow in the winter. However, <laughs> as is always the way, nothing goes to plan. Um, the place that we worked, it's not really until, I suppose it's a bit like a relationship, until you come away from it, you realise how toxic it was. And the owner of the business, we just had massive fights all the time. Um, he was just a really awful man. And I happened to go into work one morning. He decided it was my turn for an argument. And I just thought, no, actually, no. I just got up and left. So... <laughs> So I ended up quitting like six months, even eight months before the plan was. So I was self-employed first and it was just such a huge relief. So I basically obviously was pushed before I actually jumped. And yeah, it's just everything worked out perfectly, which always does, doesn't it? When you don't do things to plan. I ended up that summer booking a client who I wouldn't have had the time had I stayed employed to book that then kind of catapulted everything else. Yeah. And I do just believe things have a reason. So it was really, I really wanted to, and then everything kind of changed and I just quit. And that was it. <laughs> but my husband did follow, I mean, he's self-employed as so well. He did follow the traditional routes of handling your notice and then going self-employed. Um, but, but yeah, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't the case. It was a more, more dramatic exit. Um, but yeah, so pleased that I did. Cause I also think as well, had the time come to become self-employed, I don't know whether I'd have done it as quickly or I'd have done it a little slower anyway. But yeah, it worked out fine. And I it's kind of made me believe that everything happens for a reason as well. Yeah, I love that. I just love the idea. I know that this probably isn't the way it happened, but this is, this is the rhetoric that my brain is saying. <laughs> like you have this conversation the night before. So it's like, right, okay, so you'll leave in the spring and I'll leave in the winter. And then you go into work the next day and you're like, I've had enough of this. And then you go home and you're like, what are you doing home? It's like, oh, yeah. Um, so this happened <laughs> uh, yeah and to be honest it was like that because I just I hadn't even been in the office two minutes and I was just like no fuck this I'm not dealing with this anymore see you later and it was scary it was terrifying because you don't you know making that leap to self-employment you never know if you're going to be able to pay, pay your bills next month or something like that um or if a pandemic's gonna hit yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um it is scary but I'm always Whenever people ask me, I always say, just jump before you think you're ready, because then that drive then pushes you to work a little harder and you're not necessarily so much in your comfort zone either, which is always a good thing. Um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the plan that I had, but it worked out beautifully in the end. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. And I, I agree. I think the more thought you give to how you're going to make that decision, because the decision takes a second. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Whatever, whatever path you follow, whether it's in the heat of the moment, whether it's after a short amount of upset, whether it's a long term thing, that decision will be made in a snap. But it's the thinking about it that I think a lot of people just round in circles. And it's just overthinking as well. It's like overthinking about anything. The more you think about it, the more you worry about it, the more it might make you anxious or nervous. So yeah, just jump in. Um, and also there is no shame if it doesn't work. 
And I think that's such a big thing. People are so worried about what people might think if it doesn't work. Um, you tried it. That's incredible. So just making that that leap and trying to follow your passion is the best thing. I love that. So given the fact that you had this kind of, you had this bit of hardship within the corporate world, which caused you to leave earlier than earlier than expected. <laughs> and then you had the success of having the client sign up that you wouldn't have been able to take on board otherwise. Have there been any other key moments over the last kind of, I'm trying to do maths, 12 years? 12 years. Um, yes. That, <laughs> that have kind of shaped your business or anything that really stands out that was something that you maybe weren't expecting? I think the biggest thing that I probably wasn't expecting, and I know a lot of small business owners relate to this, is the stress and anxiety that comes with running a business. I I think we've all got this vision in our heads where it's going to be amazing. We're going to grab a coffee on a Tuesday. We'll flood to our desk or whatever time of the day. But in reality, we're so passionate about our work that we've become a little obsessed with it. And then that can, that can cause issues with our mental health. And I think I started suffering from migraines about five years ago, and I eventually pinpointed the cause of my migraines as stress. So although I physically manage stress well, my clients would never know when I was stressed, I would suffer for it the next day. And it wasn't until that point where I thought, right, okay, I need to take control a little more um, in terms of how many clients I'm taking on and also focusing on my own well-being because we are our biggest asset. Ultimately, if we're ill, we can't earn money. We can't take on new clients. We can't pay our bills. And I think it was probably that really that then changed how I worked, which obviously has gone, this still means I've gone from strength to strength. But I think if I hadn't, I would have burnt out I would have become jaded with my business and I probably wouldn't be here today. I would have probably gone for employment instead. So, so yeah, it was probably, probably just that realization. I actually, as much as I love my work, I need to take care of myself more as well. And especially as a solo business owner and whether you have team members that you outsource to or support or anything like that, when it is just you, particularly in a creative field where the work is on you to do and to provide for the clients because they're working with you specifically. That can feel, I can imagine, like a huge amount of pressure, but also it must be a little bit tricky to know how to scale when there's only one of you. Yeah. (laughs) I actually had an accidental coaching session with a client who is not my ideal client. I actually work with his sister um, and he works in the corporate world and he basically coaches huge corporate companies like major companies and we were basically chatting about his brand identity and where he was going and he just asked me he said what are your plans for your business and I said well I'm at the point where I need to hire someone and then I need to do this and then maybe I'll do this and he was like do you actually want to hire someone though because your USP is you um And I was like, oh, yes. And he's like, I think most small businesses get so kind of it's ingrained in their head that scale and success means to hire people, to bring more people in, to grow your business like physically with actual people when it doesn't need to mean that. And that kind of always really sat with me when I thought, right, I could hire another designer to take this workload off me. But then these clients are coming to me for me, which sounds big headed, but that's the way it is. They know that they're not going to get passed between departments. They know they don't have to speak to a receptionist first. They know it's always going to be me at the end of the phone, me on an email. Um, so I think I think that 
realization and then okay I need to look after myself because I am the business then kind of made everything kind of sink in a little and that you know you don't have to hire people you don't have to expand there are other ways of doing that and and yeah it can it's like a it's just a big realization when you realize actually I can grow my business but I don't have to have someone sat next to me to do it um but yeah yeah that's really interesting is that where the idea for the beehive came through from no that's something I've always wanted to do I and again I um I really love sharing my knowledge and my and what I've learned with other people because I want the design industry to flourish. I don't see like you as my competitor. I see you as another amazing designer that's, you know, killing it out there. And likewise, any other upcoming designer, I don't want them to feel like the industry is one of those where it's where it's hard to break into when it's not really. Um, I, yeah, I think that is more me thinking ahead to the future of what I want to do and me helping my industry flourish with other designers and also letting people learn from my mistakes, you know, not having to burn out, not having to deal with clients they don't want to work with or anything like that, making their design life a little easier, I suppose. Yeah. So listeners, I realized I skipped over a very important bit of context. So the Beehive (laughs) is um, Becky's mentoring program for other designers, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So just to (laughs) clarify that, uh, in case you're sat there going, a beehive? Is she an actual beehive? (laughs) So the bit that I always love talking about, and I really can't wait to pick your brains over this, is the branding for your business. Yes. So I know in the time since I've been following you on Instagram, very clearly on Instagram, just so it doesn't (laughs) sound super creepy. Now it does. Well done, Tammy. Um, I know that you've had like brand tweaks and brand refreshes, but let's start with kind of the name of your business. Cause has that been the same right the way from day one? Has it always been Becky Lord design? Yeah, it's always, it, I mean, I think I was originally literally the first few weeks was maybe branding design or something like that, but it's always been Becky Lord design. And that <laughs> took a lot of thought because I thought, right, I want, I want something that's unique. And then it was actually just a friend who said, but you have the most incredible surname. It's so strong. And it's like, it's just really powerful. And I was like, but I don't know if I want my brand to feel powerful. Um, and then I really just couldn't settle on anything. I wasn't happy with anything. And then this is probably really unprofessional, but I just started designing with my logo, with my words in the, my name. I was like, oh, actually, I like how this is looking. <laughs> It's really so good to redesign anything. So yeah, it's always been Becky Lord Design. I haven't changed that at all. I I don't even think I've even thought about changing it. I mean, there are pros and cons to having your name as your brand name. Um, the same as having a non-name as your brand name. But but yeah, it's always been that. I love that. I love the fact that it was just from the start because I feel like when I was trying to come up with a name for my business, it was just, oh my goodness, the headaches that came with that. And I didn't want to use my name because it just didn't feel right. But yeah, I can understand. I can understand the process of when you start designing, you're like, no, now this feels right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think only designers will probably understand that. But yeah. So when it comes to doing the branding for your own business, how many times have you gone through the branding process, it, especially like the visual identity side for your business? Cause it's tempting when you can just. I've gone through it three times and it's roughly four to five years. And again, that 
that is purely because I'm evolving as a woman and my individual tastes don't reflect in the branding anymore. And it's not necessarily I'm trying to target a different audience or anything like that, but three times, I mean, I don't know if you know what your, well, of course you know what your first logo looked like, but I look back on my first logo and I'm like, oh my goodness, what was I thinking? And then the second logo, I still look back now and actually think it's perfectly fine. I only changed it because I wanted my brand visuals to go in a slightly different direction as to what I was going in. So yeah, only three times, um, always the same name. And I've had the B in the icon for the this version and the previous version as well. Interesting. Did you go through the whole strategy and everything you do with your clients or did you do what most designers probably do and just kind of wing it? Uh, that, the exact thing. I, I knew, I think because I know what I want it to look like, I didn't necessarily have to go through that process. And also I, you know, as a, as a designer, brand designer, I do know my brand inside out. I do know who my ideal client is. Um, I don't necessarily have to go through that process. So yeah, it was really a case of me thinking, oh, I've got this idea. I need to get it on paper and then I'll put it on the screen. And ironically for this brand design, it was pretty much the first draft that made it through. There was only a couple of tweaks. I was expecting to be there for years, Tammy, redesigning my brand. Um, but it was it was roughly the first draft, so I think as well that kind of settles it in my own mind that it was the right decision to go through the brand at that that time. Yeah, I'm curious as well. When you have refreshed your brand, have you worked with maybe copywriters or kind of external other suppliers or other professionals to help you kind of realize that vision, or have you been just able to kind of create everything that you needed all by your onesie? <laughs> <laughs> I have a copywriter. Um, who I could not live without. She just knows my brand. She's, I think she's been my copywriter now for about six, seven years. She knows my brand just as well as I do. And I actually hired her because, um, going back to that point in the previous episode about convenience, I was trying to write my copy and I was just spending way too long on it. Um, So when I initially hired her she just nailed it straight away and that's you know that's ultimately why I hired her so when I went through the rebrand process again last year I hired her again and yeah that's the only I would say the only external supplier I work with I have worked with photographers before and when we're actually allowed out of our houses I will have a brand shoot with another photographer at some point um but yeah it's it's just a copywriter that I've worked with but she is incredible she's like my brand's wife um getting getting the words out there that I need to uh, yeah that's fantastic do you work with her on your client projects as well I'd be curious to know. no I do I don't I um just because mainly her work schedule doesn't allow for me just to drop in but we do work so for example she does work with my website clients on copy quite often so um again we do kind of cross over lists when we're working with the brand but in terms of what I'm presenting to a client and the strategies or the ideal clients I'm presenting to them that's that's me brilliant yeah that's really cool I think that that's a wonderful blend between the two I also think as well as designers know the client a lot better and we can kind of get to the heart of it and when we're trying to explain it our passion for the brand comes out probably just a little bit better than working with a copywriter might yeah I feel like it's almost like filtering your thought process when actually your clients kind of need to hear it from you yeah so when it comes to the rebranding process so one of the questions that I often ask my guests is how their branding impacts kind of their idea of success or their mindset and 
I kind of want to flip that question slightly for you, <laughs> which is more, how were you feeling when you got to the point where you're like, actually, this brand isn't working for me anymore. I need to change it. And then how did you feel afterwards as a, as a designer, as well as a business owner? I just think it was the fact that my own personal taste evolved slightly. I mean, I haven't even changed the main font of the brand. It's actually just, it was uppercase before. And then I've redrawn it slightly so that it's uh, a sentence case, sorry. So I haven't really tweaked it, but it looks completely different. But yeah, I was just, and I was also falling out of love a little with the colour palette. And I just felt for the clients that I am working with, also will be working with, I need a more neutral toned brand um that's going to resonate with them more um so yeah I that's probably the biggest drive behind it um but yeah afterwards I mean as a designer I know as I'm signing things like oh I can have this blind emboss I can get all this printed my website's going to look like this I think I'm probably always thinking ahead um of what it can look like anyway so yeah once it was done I just again it's like with any rebrand I just felt it was more me the brand that I am today um and but also the brand that I know is going to stand the test of time for another four to five years so when I have evolved again I might not need to rebrand or I might um so yeah it's it's just it's just a nice feeling to go through the rebrand process when you know that something isn't quite sitting right with your existing brand yeah absolutely and and what you come what you the way that you feel afterwards it is, it's it, well, it's like the analogy you were saying earlier. It's like, it's when you get that fresh haircut. It's where you get a post-lockdown haircut. Yes. <laughs> it's when you actually get out of your leggings for the first time in 12 months. <laughs> and then realise that a glass of wine is now £25.50. <laughs> Amazing. So when it comes to marketing your business, because this is something that I'm super curious about, because I am familiar with your content on your website. I'm familiar with your Instagram but over the period of time that you've run your business, how have you marketed your business? Is it always just been kind of your website referrals or? My, the biggest thing that I am always strive to maintain, and it was one of the biggest things that I wanted to do from the beginning, was attract clients because of my reputation. Um, that is a huge huge drive for new clients um but also the the only real places that I actually push my work is Instagram slash Pinterest um but yeah the biggest and most important thing for me is my reputations referrals um and that word of mouth so someone you know saying they've had a great experience with me that then drawing in another client from there but I other than that I don't I don't push marketing anywhere it's not really my individual brand ethos to be too salesy with it either I quite like it to be more natural and organic and which it is a you know I'm in a very fortunate position where I don't have to advertise I don't have to push sales or anything like that but that's because of hard work (laughs) that isn't because it's just happened it's because I've built up a reputation and my clients always recommend me um so yeah it's not not necessarily a, a hugely fancy marketing strategy other than just making sure I always deliver. I love that. I love the fact that you're using your reputation because you hear a lot of people talk about referrals and about experience, but I think it is that it's that key, isn't it? It's the reputation and it's the way that clients will always refer you. Yeah. It's also draws the kind of clients that you want to work with as well. If they've heard someone else has had an amazing experience and they really love the work that you've done for that person, it's just nice to know that they've come because of that reason. 
Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever been tempted with dabbling with other marketing platforms? Because I mean, I find it ridiculous, the amount of noise that's out there. And I'm like, something new. (laughs) Um, Not really. The only one really is it's not for necessarily branding or website clients. Um, Just because I'm I'm booked up so far in advance. That's kind of an accidental marketing strategy because people are always thinking, oh, she's popular. So I must book her. And that's completely accidental. But maybe for the designer mentoring side of things, obviously targeting a completely different type of client, um, then the only thing there really is just advertising um, via, well, Facebook, Instagram ads and Pinterest as well, because that's where those designers are. Um, But other than that, no, not really. I've never... I've never felt the need to, but then I've never had to either. I imagine if I was in a slightly different position and did need new clients or new bookings, or I did need my bills paid, it might be slightly different people. No, I haven't. I think that that just speaks volumes about the work and the quality and the experience you offer for your clients. I think it's incredible. I feel like I need to take a page out of your book and stop getting distracted from all of the shiny new things that are going on. Oh, but then that's just just the the perils of running a business, isn't it? It's like every time they uh, announce a new social media platform, I'm like, no, I barely like get on Instagram enough. (laughs) I think my worst one was like, oh, I really should do a podcast. And then now it's like once a week, I'm like, I could do another one about this. (laughs) Amazing. So from everything that you've shared with us today, from your business journey, what would be the one thing, one piece of advice that you'd like to share with the listeners? I honestly think taking care of yourself if you're running a business, because you're your biggest, you're your brand's biggest asset And if you don't take care of yourself, if you do burn out, then the lifetime of your business is going to be a lot shorter. So yeah, focus on your well-being, keep track of your mental health and your stress levels, and just just look out for yourself. um, And remember that you are a a human behind the brand. Yeah. And celebrate all of those successes. (laughs) Yes, I need to do more of that. amazing thank you so so much for joining me today Becky I really appreciate you sharing your sharing all of your wonderful stories with us (laughs) amazing um where can the listeners find more of you online I am on Instagram at Becky Lord Design and you can find me on my website which is beckylord.co.uk perfect so listeners I'll pop all of the links in the show notes as always so you can go and see more of Becky and her work and if you are enjoying the podcast can I ask that you just pop over to iTunes or pop over to a friend that you know who runs a business and just ask them to search for the brand lounge have a listen to a few episodes and just recommend the podcast to others because it's how we can grow and how I can bring you more episodes every week and until next time head on over to our Instagram or Facebook community with the links in the show notes and we can continue these conversations in the brand lounge.